Hello, welcome back to Brick by Brick. I am your host, Emily Verbecki, and we are so glad to have have you join us for another great conversation about Albion. Today, we are so lucky to have Jim Stewart fit us into his busy schedule as he's running around between all of his different regular work jobs and things, other things that he's working on. But Jim is certainly the definition of an active citizen and business owner in Albion, and he is truly a community asset to Albion and um, the surrounding communities around Albion as well. So about two years ago, year and a half to two years ago, Jim and his wife Stacy opened Sterling Books and Brew on Superior Street, and they have created a downtown destination and a great place for our community to gather together. I look forward to kind of learning more about Sterling because I know some surface level pieces of information about Sterling. And for those of our listeners who maybe know of Sterling, but don't have a lot of some of Sterling history or, or, or what the background is about Sterling, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that during our conversation today. But before we start talking about Sterling, Jim, we always ask everybody, um, when they join on the podcast to tell us their um, Albion story. Everybody has sort of a real unique Albion story, either how they came here, whether they were born here or came and left. So tell us a bit about your Albion story. How are you connected to Albion? Sure. So I grew up in Jackson, Michigan and a Jackson High School graduate. So my first interactions with Albion were through sports. So we would come over and watch the basketball games when they were in Albion and that sort of thing. And I didn't have a very strong connection with Albion, honestly. Uh, just not that much exposure. Uh, when I moved, uh, when I was moving back to Michigan from Indiana, I was looking for a place to live that was somewhat central to my two children and their families and my sisters and my parents. And so I was looking in the in the range of Albion to to Concha. And of course the housing at Albion at the time, 2011, 2012, was very affordable. And to top it off, my daughter and son-in-law and three kids at the time lived here in Albion. So I I found a house that I really liked and the price was right and, and I bought a house in Albion. So that's how I came and once I was here, I was single at the time and uh, determined that I was going to become engaged and not sit around and watch TV. And, and so I looked actively for things to do in Albion and I walked the streets of downtown and lots of ideas. Even back then, even before Stacy crossed my mind on the, the possibilities of the downtown and uh, I ended up settling my big thing back then was soccer. Mm. So I uh, recruited the six or seven other people, and we, uh, after not having soccer, I was a soccer coach, a travel coach down south then. Um, so I was decided that's what I was going to try to find, and so I tried to volunteer as a soccer coach, but the soccer seasons didn't happen. So I said, well, we're not going to let that happen anymore. So we got together and started our local soccer club. And so how long has the local soccer club been been in place? Since like 2011, 2012? So uh, it was 2012 when I really uh, first tried and it didn't go through. And then in the fall, no soccer season happened. So it was the spring of 2013 that we had our first 
uh, we call it FC Albion, Football Club Albion. Mm-hmm. FC Albion's first season was spring of 2013, and we had 80 kids that first year. Wow. And so this is prime soccer season. Um, so how many kids are a part of the program now? It's grown a bit. We have uh, spring that's starting up right after spring break, and so far we have 100 registered. We'll probably get to about 125. And so how long does that season last? Does that last in through May and into June? Right, beginning of June. So in the spring it runs from the end of March to the beginning of June. And in the fall it runs from mid to late August uh, through Halloween. So are there any cycles or changes between spring soccer and how many kids are involved versus fall soccer? Is it pretty consistent? It's fairly even. Spring's a little larger, okay. probably because football in the fall. American football, right? Correct. <laughs> awesome. So, so that gives me a little information about some of the outside of Sterling things that you're involved in. Um, so in addition to soccer, I believe that you're involved in some other kinds of projects. Can you share a little bit about other projects that you spend time working on in and around Albion? We'll see how my memory does. <laughs> but, um, well, so I'm involved in a lot of music and we have uh, in Albion for a long time. I don't even know when it started. We've There's a June 21st date, summer solstice, that is uh, celebrated around the world as World Music Day. And in France, it's called Fête à la Musique, and we have our sister city connection there. So at some point in history, I don't know when, we had, uh, I think she was a former chamber president, started Fête à la Musique, and, and then it failed. It wasn't here when I came to Albion. And somebody suggested we got it going, so we tried. And last year we did it for the first time in a number of years, and it was a blast. And we had quite a few people out on the street and quite a few musical acts. So we're going to do that again. And then I have a jazz group that plays at Cascarelli's here in town and other places. And so I do a lot of the jazz stuff. And really anything music I'm kind of interested in. So I uh, have a couple other collaborations that we're working on including uh, reviving the uh, Albion Cornet Band from the 1890s Mm. and then working on uh, some sort of uh, um, men's chorus kind of a thing with with Ronnie Sims. So we hope to get a bunch of guys together from different churches and non-churches, just singing men of Albion or some fun name. Mm -hmm. Cool. So you have existing projects and newer projects and then and now even brand new things that uh, so it sounds like, again, you pull from some of Albion's sort of rich history of, of events that has have happened in the past and maybe failed or went away or, or we forgot about them and got busy and um, bringing some of those back. Tell me a little bit or tell our listeners, too, about what happens on Fet Daily Music. Oh, sure. So. It's a really unique concept for music. So we have a great event here every year called Walk the Beat, which most of your listeners probably are familiar with, where we have bands all around town. And it's quite a neat event. And that's scheduled and sponsored and and very professionally done. Fête de la Musique is similar but opposite. So Fête de la Musique is totally non-scripted. It's totally non-paid. And... Uh, any music group or individual singing, playing an instrument, strumming on a, a wash tub, we don't care, 
can come drumming out. Drumming on buckets. Drumming on buckets we did last year. Anyone can come out at any time. We, we have an official start time and an official end time, but nobody's going to complain if you start early or stay late. So it starts at 5 o'clock, and then it goes until sunset on the 21st. And you show up and anywhere on Main Street, on Su- Superior Street, you set up your shop, and you start playing. And you and can play as long as you want or as short that's as right. you want. It's, there's no reserved spots. There's no billing to speak of. I mean, if somebody tells me they're coming, then I... I put it on the Facebook page, but but no no commitments. It's just show up and play, and then it's play for the love of it because nobody gets paid. So yeah. it's pretty interesting that way. I bet some people wish that we had like a shower because they may very well be shower singers, <laughs> but not street singers. But they if they if they had a shower, maybe they'd belt a tune. Yeah. Maybe we should make something where we like put sort of a faux shower out there and say like, if you're a shower singer, come and sing your favorite song in the shower on Superior Street. <laughs> Well, it was all very spontaneous last year and very enjoyable. So there were a lot of people that I met for the first time, and I know a lot of musicians. So it was pretty neat to meet a young lady playing a ukulele and a guy from Takancha on his trombone. And we had set up those uh, really just uh, five-gallon buckets from Lowe's and some drumsticks, and we had kids drumming on those all night long. We had moved the piano out on the street at Sterling, and people just sat down and played the piano. So mm-hmm. it was really very, uh, it's kind of a heartwarming event. It's mm-hmm. just regular people and, and a lot of professionals, too, out there playing music. Yeah, so. that's awesome. So back a little bit to Sterling. Certainly you have background in music um, and, and soccer, but how did you and Stacy decide to become small business owners and small business owners in Albion, and then Sterling Books and Brew. How did that all come about? Well, that's a, um, a real interesting story, I think. it's We did not set out to be bookstore coffee shop owners. So I, I married Stacy in 2013 or 14. Sorry, Stacy. <laughs> uh, and uh, she is a general contractor. And we were looking to pick up houses or apartments and renovate them and do that as a, uh, a hedge for our retirement mm-hmm. so that at some point I wouldn't maybe have to have a regular job and I, we could just work our apartments. And it's a good fit because I'm fairly handy. I'm not great. I can't do the licensed trades, but I'm good at most everything else. And so we were trying to work down that path. And we, we happened to see a for sale sign on the building at 119 South Superior, North Superior, 119 North Superior, uh, the bookstore. And we knew Dorothy, Stacy especially knew Dorothy. And we went and said, hey, are you selling your bookstore? And she said, no, we're selling the building. And Stacy and I had been up and down the street a lot, like I had done when I was single, thinking about, ooh, we could do this, we could do that. And Stacy had always wanted to do a coffee shop bakery similar to what we're doing mm-hmm. down the street, only it's a deli too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but a coffee shop bakery because there was a place in um, Charlotte, North Carolina called Amelie's, which is just a wonderful bakery coffee shop. It's very eclectic, very French, mm-hmm. European, but French European, and just a real neat vibe, a great place to meet people and hang out. And so she always thought maybe someday when we could, we would go that direction. But in the meanwhile, we were looking for places to rent, to, to fix up and rent out. 
So when we asked Dorothy if she's selling the bookstore, she said, no, actually, I'm selling the building. And at first, I wasn't, didn't really pique my interest, but then she said, there used to be apartments upstairs. And we got to thinking, boy, if we could get one building that had a bunch of apartments, instead of having to buy a bunch of different houses, mm -hmm. that might be really smart to do. So long story short, we ended up agreeing to do that, and we, we uh, came to the closing on that building, and... In that meeting, we were sitting around a table, not unlike this, and Dorothy said, you know, someday I'm going to want to get out from the bookstore, and I've worked really hard to keep a bookstore here, a retail space downtown, mm -hmm. for all these years. I'd really like you to try to keep that. Would you consider doing that? And we said, sure, we will consider doing that. But we were thinking, she was thinking five or six years down the road. And then five or six months later, she said, I think I'm ready to, to get out. And so it kind of threw us for a loop, honestly, for about a week. And then we said, okay, we need to seriously think about this. And we did some, we really focused and did some research. We, I took time off from whatever else we were doing. And we, we traveled to see her folks in Charlotte. And we visited a mess of bookstores and coffee shops there. And then on the way back in towns around there. And then here up in Michigan, we visited, I would say, probably two dozen bookstores and coffee shops and spoke with the owners mm -hmm. and we finally came up with a business model and a approach for that bookstore and coffee shop that we thought fit with us mm -hmm. and that we liked and could get behind and right. and it's really pretty much what you see today it turned out like we hoped and so we told her yes and then we moved forward on also a plan for succession on the bookstore which mm -hmm. Our plan was we were going to close during April and do the remodel and open on May 1st. Okay. And Stacy's accident was two days before we were going to open. And, you know, I, it's, um, it's not a good thing that she hurt herself, um, that she got hurt. But um, in some ways, we, we would have had a real hard time opening. In two days, we had so much to do which is evidenced by once once we got back to it, mm -hmm. it took us until August to open. So um, we did open on August 1st of 2017, and um, that's kind of how Sterling came about. As, uh, it, it was almost a compromise um, from what we were thinking of, and it wasn't even a top priority to us at the time, but um, we've really grown to, to love the idea, and it fits really well with who we want to be. We... We like people, we like being, bringing people together, and so this is just kind of a manifestation of that. It's a place where people can come together, and we, yeah. we want it to be safe and hospitable and friendly, and so we work really hard for it to be that, so we don't let things go on there that, that detract from that. So if somebody's offensive, I, I, I don't hesitate to, to take the conversation outside or tell them to turn their phone off and quit talking loud or whatever the thing is because that's one of the fun things about being a small business owner is you, you kind of get to decide what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. The downside is you also have to do all the, make all the decisions and do all the actions that keep it the way you want it mm -hmm. to be. Yeah, the the success can also is is on your shoulders to make decisions that work or don't work and but you certainly have created spaces within the bookstore that have unique 
features to them and kind of play in like the cafe area kind of in the back and then the heart of it is kind of in the the books book area um and it seems like your um sort of kid young adult section seems to really be growing um, in that area. And then you have the front area that has lots of tables and you're able to utilize that for a lot of events. So it seems like probably all those you took components of bookstores and cafes that you saw in your research time and said, I really like this and I like this and, and put together something that felt really good to you and Stacy. That's right. The environment primarily came out of that store in Charlotte. Um, Amelie's, but then it was a variation based on other things we saw. And the hardest thing for us was deciding the product mix. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to sell and what aren't we going to sell? And so we settled on new and used books living happily together on the same shelves, and we decided what we were okay with for used books. Uh, we decided we would not be basically a repository, but rather we wanted to be a more recent and what that means is we, we have less books on the shelf than some, but we try to keep, well, from a business owner's perspective, we're trying to keep the ones that we think will sell. Right. And from a, a consumer's perspective, we try to keep ones that are exactly or close to what we think people would want to buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's good inventory and bad inventory, and nobody should fill shelves or racks or anything like that with bad inventory um, or things, you know. So it seems like you have to be also connected to the community and who's coming in to really be able to understand what people are reading, what things they're looking for. So you, I have to imagine you guys are always listening and thinking about what goes on your shelves. It's probably a hourly, <laughs> hourly concept, an hourly project. Well, and the truth is we don't have that all figured out. We're, our sales of books are uh, surprising to us. They're pretty surprisingly slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the positive side, we're, we're kind of amazed at how many special orders we get. So we're very thankful for a number of folks, including one across the table from me, that, um, that do special orders. And we probably have a core group of people that do that, I would say less than 50 who regularly order special orders. And I was just doing numbers the other day, and it's actually, when you go through section by section, what kind of books we sell. Fiction is the top one, which I would expect. And then we've pushed hard on middle grade, young adult, graphic novels, and children's books, along with local. And so those are ones that we thought would go well and push because they're nationally they go well. So we push those. But actually, our second highest sales is special orders, hmm. which you can take that two ways, right? Now we, I think that says one, one of the things that says is we have a great group of wonderful people that support us, even though you know, special orders isn't the best deal for, for Emily. It's uh, going on to Amazon. It's a better deal for you, typically. But you're supportive of the store, and so are many others. We're thankful for that. But the other thing it tells me is that our retail sales are probably very slow. Hmm. So we're we're just racking our brains and trying a lot of different things to to make more book sales. And we we've we've got a couple of active, I'll call them campaigns that we're working right now to try to improve that. We feel like in Albion, for some reason, we're not seeing a lot of growth right now. Hmm. And 
So maybe that means we have to expand geographically and do a little bit more work in the surrounding towns. Stacy and I talk about Albion kind of being a hub. Mm -hmm. When you think of a, uh, I think of a wagon wheel or a spoke, you think of Albion in the middle and Springport up there on the top and Spring Arbor over and Parma over there on the right. And then going around the spoke, you see Concord and Homer and Marshall. And we really do think of it that way. And so we think of all of those communities as uh, communities we covet having them we want them to call Sterling their home. Right. And so we're working toward that end because we don't seem to be seeing the growth in Albion. Hmm. It's a little bit, uh, I don't know what the right word is here. It's surprising, I'll just say surprising, that there are still so many people in Albion that don't know about so many great things we have in Albion. So there are still people I run into, for example, at the grocery store that, oh, there's a bookstore? And, and I know that's true for many of the other mm -hmm. people down here. Uh, oh, there's a fill in the blank. And yes, there is. You know, hmm. Come on down and check it out. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and I think that's hopefully some of the events and you know some of the, the time that you spend on other activities like your music and fentanyl music. Like those are opportunities to show more and more people and get them downtown and in, in, in the surrounding areas or come in and say, oh my gosh, last time I was here, I didn't see that bookstore or, or that spot. Um, and hopefully then that gets them paying attention more often to what's new, what's going on. Um, it, I think it's a, it's a challenge, um, but something that uh, a lot of small communities, it seems to me, struggle with sometimes is like new things coming in and but getting the word out um small and big communities but we all get in our habits and we sort of like we drive past the past the same things every day and it isn't until something catches your eye that you go oh my gosh like how long has that been there yeah. well it's that's a good point the catching your eye thing is actually so i was thinking about yesterday our signage out front of sterling for example mm -hmm. is poor so i'm really close to having our a really nice cool perpendicular to the building sign, ready to go. I, I need to prioritize that and get that out there. Mm. And the sign that was on the back of our store is blown off from that wind we had a, about them three weeks ago. And I've got to get something new up there because I had somebody come in the store from the front door and say, oh, I couldn't tell what it was in the back. So I've got to make those things priorities. Yeah, those so. are always the the things that you could always be doing more if you you know had another couple hours in our day. <laughs> but we all have the same amount of time and every every minute and every hour is really precious. So tell us then, this is kind of a two-part question. Um you talked some about the challenges of Sterling and, and being, you know, small business owner of, of a bookstore or even a small business owner in a small community, but you keep doing it. Um, what is it that you love about being a small business owner and being an Albion? And what do you think that we could do better as a small business community, um, a community that supports and attracts or, or, or just is real small business friendly. What are, what do you love about it? Um, and being an Albion and what do you think we could even be doing better? Well, ironically, I've just, I've spoken about this twice already today. Hmm. Um, 
there are one of the things that I really counted a privilege uh, here in Albion is I feel like there are some number, uh, I'm going to say 40, but there are maybe 40 people that I feel like are in there throwing their heart into the community and their efforts and their energy and their brains and their money, time, all of that they're throwing into this community, not necessarily for good business reasons, so hopefully mostly because of good business reasons, but sometimes just because they care. And that's kind of Stacy and me. We're, we, like, we like what's potential here. We love the people here. We just love it. I mean, we're not, we didn't grow up Albion, but there's only a couple of exceptions of people in this whole town that we don't just really genuinely like. They're good. We have good people here. And so where I'm going with this rambling story is that I feel like there's about 40 or 50 of us that are just really in there doing what we can. And there are a lot of names, so I'm not going to list names, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people like that that I know if I say, I'm just making up a name here, but I say, John, can you give me a hand? They're going to say yes, and they're going to come over and help me. And, it, and we've experienced it at Sterling time and time and time again. And and it's not just the people coming to help me, but it's people that are doing things. Um, all up and down, superior, primarily, is what I'm talking about, because those are the people I run into. But they're people that are working hard on things that most of Albion doesn't even see. And I just really appreciate that. So I make a point when I run into to somebody who's doing that. Like, I had a conversation. One of the two this morning was with Claudia Murch, who runs Green Sea to Marshall. And she's sitting next to us in Sterling. I just, I know them well enough to know now that they're not doing this for the money. Mm -hmm. They're doing it because they love the community and they love the people and they, they want our place, our area to be a better place. And that's why I'm saying there's 40 or 50 of us that that's why they're doing it. That's the, really the core reason they're doing it. And I just appreciate that because it feels like we're not alone. You know, we're all in this together when we sit around our arms every other week meeting and talk about downtown. I feel like every one of the people there, we're all just trying to help each other out. And it's a great feeling. I used to live in Jackson, Michigan. I, I, I love Jackson. I don't love it like I love Albion, but I can't imagine Jackson working like that. Hmm. Whereas in Albion, I can imagine it. And I, I'm not just imagining it, I'm, I'm living it. And it's, it's super cool. I love it. it. It's what keeps us going a lot of times. So. Yeah, it seems like I think that I have heard and experienced in some ways that sometimes small business ownership can feel pretty lonely um, if you're not in a connected group of people who are kind of in the same boat. You you can feel like you're talking to yourself all the time, all the time, um, and and so I. I agree that I think that this community, and it's not even just small business owners, because there's plenty of people who aren't small business owners, but they are still doing a ton of work. Um, and it's it's that feeling that you're not alone makes it feel like I'm not the only one who's working hard. Everybody else is too. I might be losing sleep. So many other people are too. Um, that 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 there is a joint effort kind of going on and we're all, we might be working on different projects sometimes, but I think I get the sense too that everybody has the same end 
goal of seeing Albion improve and in and be better. And that can be different to every everybody or different groups of people and what that definition is. But we can all be okay with different definitions, just knowing that it's going to be better for youth, better for seniors, better for small businesses, better for college. It's just going to be better. Um, and I, I, I agree that I, I feel that, that too, that seems to be very true. Well, that's a good point. It's not just small businesses. I, I was, I work with the people at the library and, and they're very collaborative as well. And at kids and stuff. And, you know, it's not, you're right. It's not just small business. And you asked what what would I like to see or how could we improve it? Yeah, if there's if we have that going for us, is are there other things that we could even be doing better in other areas? Well, I my personal feeling right now is in Albion we we still have this undercurrent of kind of strife and some negativity running around and so the thing I try to do and I want to encourage everybody to do is don't engage in that as engage in positivity and if you have a chance to influence someone or if someone's being negative about something try to try to shed some positive light don't be a jerk about it but you know help others to see that there's more than one way to look at things and you know point out positive things and resist the urge to complain and so Stacy and I try to do that by example and and when I'm with people that I know well enough where I can speak frankly then I'll I, I'm not a jerk about it again but I but I'll steer them towards something positive and that's what I think we all all need to do is try to help people see the positive that's going on and not spend time thinking about the negative mm-hmm. yeah we all have choice the ability to choose what we want to talk about um, and if if you're having trouble f- thinking of of things then there's places to go like look at sterling's facebook and the chamber's facebook and all the you know different organizations if you're having trouble even finding those things to talk about there's plenty of places where you can find out events that were happening or are happening um and, and talk about that because we all really have the ability to choose what we talk about both within the community and outside of the community too um, it's easy for, especially for outsiders to, to hear and see negative things or problems or difficulties, but we have the opportunity to share the best things of Albion. So outside of all the other things that you are very busy doing, you may not feel like you have a whole lot of free time or anything like that, but if somebody hadn't run into you yet in Sterling or playing music during one of the Cascarelli's jazz nights, if they ran into you outside of some of those things, what would they run into you doing? What, what are other things that you enjoy doing that people might find you or see you doing outside of the, all the hats you wear? Well, boy, that's that's tough. I I guess I think most of the time I'm on my way from one thing to another. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what we, we do like to do a lot is uh, we just like to walk around. So you'll see Stacy and me and the dog out walking. Uh, like We're not exclusive to Sterling. We'll walk to Big B together and have a coffee and a bagel. We love the people at Big B. 
or we'll walk the trail up at the park or we'll just go over to the park and when we got the grandkids we definitely get over to one of the parks and enjoy that we love being outside we love what Albion has to offer we, we take the trail through the park and south and we take the trail from City Hall to the west and uh, we we walk Superior a lot mm-hmm. a lot that's awesome. So, and then the weather is certainly helping to make that even a more enjoyable experience then. Yes, yes it is. Well, again, Jim, I thank you so much for finding the time in your very busy schedule in between all the different things to share um, the unique story about Sterling and how, how Sterling came about and how you ended up coming here to Albion, I think you're not alone in that uh, Albion sort of drew you in and you know you might have landed here for geographic reasons but um, I think Albion I'm finding for some people is like really sticky it's almost like a little hard to get out of which is great we just need to find more and more people that we can sort of stick to us and and bring them in Um, so I think that you're a great example of how you can land here and then end up getting involved in so many different things um, and really be such an important part of this community. So I really appreciate your time and uh, all, all the things that you're working on. So thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. So we love hearing all of these unique stories of businesses and owners in our community. It's a great reminder that we are in this all together. If you have feedback or suggestions on who we should interview, please get in touch with us on our website, downtownalbion.com. We hope you join us for our next episode of Brick by Brick. And to make sure that you hear about that or get an alert about our next episode, make sure you subscribe to Brick by Brick on iTunes or soundcloud.com. You can also find episodes and past episodes on our website at downtownalbion.com forward slash brick by brick. Until next time, we will see you around town.